Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by Track Barn. And man, do we have a lot of topics that we're going to have to discuss today. Ferdinand Omanyala beating Fred Curley in the 100. Christian Coleman dropping a 10.09 in his opener since 2019. Should we be concerned about that? Shelly Ann Fraser-Price running the fastest time for an opener in her entire career at the age of 35, nonetheless. Kyle Garland breaking the national record in the decathlon. Anna Hall winning USAs in the heptathlon. Allie Wilson running a world-leading time in the 800, falling across the line. All of that and more, so you don't want to miss this. Uh, make sure that you leave a like, comment, subscribe, leave a review. It really helps us know that you're enjoying everything, and let's jump right into it. So, uh, open this up with... The matchup that everyone was very excited for that didn't end up happening, or at least not the exact way we thought. So, leading up to this weekend, we were slated to get the first of three installments when it came to being Fred Curley versus Lamont Jacobs. This was We were supposed to see them this weekend, or this past weekend, next weekend at Pre, or in, no, sorry, in two weeks in Rome, and then at Pre in 2028, or not 2028, on the 28th uh, that, that we would see them, and then obviously hopefully in, in Worlds as well. So we're slated to get the gold medalist and the silver medalist from the, this year's or this past year's Olympics going at each other three times this year, and it was going to be very uh, exciting. You don't normally see these types of things. Usually these big ticket names don't see each other until the actual final. And so... This year, uh, they were slided to run in Kenya, and last season, Fred Curley ran his one of his fastest times in Kenya, so we we know this is going to be a fast track, and uh, at the last minute, the day before the actual competition, Lamont Jacobs says, hey, I, I'm, I have some intestinal problems, I'm not actually going to be able to continue and, and compete in this race. It sucked, it was a bummer, whatever, things happen. And then, during the race... That you would have thought, okay, maybe that's the only issue that we're going to have. Oh, not even close. That was not the only issue that we were going to have. So right before the actual race goes off, we get a false start, which looked like it might have been from, from Ferdinand. He, we get a false start. Uh, but many of the racers still continue to race. Like Fred Curley and Michael Rogers both ran like about 40 or 50 meters in that race, while a few of the people, Ferdinand Omanyala, actually stopped and didn't didn't continue the race they didn't kick anyone out uh, or they didn't kick Ferdinand Omanyala out and then uh the race actually happens Ferdinand wins with a time of 9.85 Fred Curley comes in second with a 9.92 and uh we we saw Mike Rogers was not too excited he posted about this on Twitter talking about how you know, if you're, if this type of thing's happening, you know, it, you should be able to get, get more time or, you know, it, it's, it's BS and I understand that. I mean, once you're, once you're at this level, any type of advantage like that can just is exponented by dividends because now like you you just ran uh, half the race. I mean, it's going to be tough to be able to come back and then redo it again against people that are the fastest humans in the world. 
Um, and then there was once again another potential issue where uh, Ferdinand Omanyala, apparently he might have had a quick start. There have been some photos of where his hands are off the track, but you still see all the other competitors' hands still on the track. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be something like, uh, if it's similar to like Terrence Jones that happened earlier on in Texas Tech, where it seemed like he got a quick start, but it didn't get called off. Another thing that it makes it a little bit sneaky is that, or maybe make people question, that we don't actually have the reaction times uh, available to people to see, you know, what his reaction time was to the gun. So um, there's that, but I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's too many, you know, excuses of, of things that are going on. I, I, I'm sure Fred probably wouldn't be giving those excuses for himself. It, it's just like, I don't think it says a lot about, or I think it says more about Omanyala than it does anyone else. I think it's the fact that this guy is the real deal and people have been disregarding him for, for a while. I mean, this person, he's he's shown a tremendous amount of improvement over a very short period of time. I mean, not too long ago, he was he was running, you know, what would be considered, you know, average college times. And now he's running what is one of the best times in the world. I think he was, what, the second fastest man in the world last year. And he, he does it in front of his home crowd. Uh, and everyone was going crazy, going nuts there, which was which was awesome. Now it's time to see. Can we execute this in other races as well? Like world championships. Is he going to be able to execute there? Um, I, I would love to see. I mean, I, I like having more diversity on the on the line, not just have it be USA dominant. I mean, obviously, you know, USA guy. I love to have the people that I see growing up uh, in, in the USA doing well. But I think it's great for the sport to have a more diverse grouping and being able to get more people in there. Let's get some, you know, people from Jamaica, United States, Europe, Asia, Africa, all that type of stuff. Like if the more people we can have there, the better it is in my mind for the sport to grow. So that was great. Uh, continuing on this competition, we had on the women's side, Shelly Ann Frazier Price. So Shelly Ann Frazier Price, who is 35 years old now, opened up her season with her third fastest time ever with a 10.67 into a 0.4 headwind. That's right. She runs a 10.67 into a 0.4 headwind. This is her third fastest time ever, her fastest opener by far. Uh, and she's now really having a resurgence, if you can call it, of her career. I mean, her three fastest times her entire career have happened within the last nine months. Before 2021, her last PR happened a decade ago, back in 2012, when she ran her 10.7. She hadn't set a PR in over a decade, and now she's set three of her best times ever in the last nine months. So she is definitely seeing a new resurgence here, and I didn't see this coming. I don't think a lot of people see it coming because the, the idea is sprinters peak early. The idea is once you're after you're 24, 25, 26, like you shouldn't be seeing too much improvement in PRs because it's fast twitch. It's, you know, you have to, you know, be younger to be able to dominate that. And right now, like we're seeing that that is not necessarily the case. I mean, before we go into that, I mean, one thing that was a little upsetting, Christine Mboma uh, didn't finish. She had a groin injury. We're all hoping that she does 
well. I mean, Shelly Ann Fraser Price actually went to see her after and, you know, discussing, hey, you'll be all right at, at pre. And we definitely hope for that because uh, she's a she is a shining bright. Uh, she's a shining light in our sport and someone that we definitely want to see compete for a long time. And she has a, a very uh, exciting career. Um, so we're hoping that she does that she does well. But in going back to Shelly Ann Fraser Price, I mean, she is just a lot of people saying like, oh, she's towards the, the end of her career or this is something that we've never seen before. And for me, like, I think that it's it she's not defining or she's like being the the something that we've never seen before. I think she is starting what we are going to see in the future. Like, for example, I think how that these like Tom Brady, LeBron James, Shelly and Fraser Price, like all these types of athletes where you're seeing them go like, oh, they're they're the they're abnormal They're You don't see athletes going this far. And to to a point, yes, you're, you're correct. Like most athletes are not going to have these long careers. But I think that we're going to be seeing more athletes going into their 30s and being competitive because medicine gets better, the science gets better, the techniques get better, the speeds gets better, people get stronger. All of these, all of these things improve. And so I think that Shelly Ann Fraser Price is showing that this is this could be potentially the next model. She's 35 and she's running PRs. I mean, like let's take a look at some other athletes that are that are what would normally be considered towards the tail end of your sprinting career and how that is very much not the case. I mean, Elaine thompson Ra, she's turning 30 in June. Uh, Kambuji, she's turning 30 in June. Tolu, she's turning, she is 33. Allison Felix, 36. Sue, 32. Isaiah Young, 32. Yoan Blake, 32. Michael Rogers, 37. Justin Gatlin, he was running when he was 39. And so we're seeing all of these top level sprinters continuing later on in their career and still being able to find success. So I think that this means many of the sprinters that we're seeing right now, they'll have the potential to be great, not only this year, but for many years to come. Could we see a lot of these sprinters that are, you know, currently in their 20, like 25, 26, be able to run for another decade? Are we going to see a Christian Coleman running until he's 36, 37? Fred Curley, Michael Norman, uh, Trayvon Brumell, Arian Knighton, Noah Lyles, are we going to see a lot of these guys continuing throughout their career? Because they're coming up in a time where the science, the the medical knowledge, the techniques, the power, all of that is so much better than when athletes were younger. And so, uh, or when old, like a little while ago. And so now they have that advantage of technology. And so that is stuff that can extend athletes' careers. And so while I think her being 35 and running this fast is strange now, I don't think it's going to be as strange in the future. She's just the first one to do it, and that's why it seems that it's going to be a little bit strange. So, um, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, she is Miss Wonder Woman doing just insane things at 35 years old. I mean, world record could definitely go down. I mean, she ran a, a 10-6 last year, and she opened up with like an 11-5, and so she's running nearly a second faster in her season opener. And she's done this before. She knows what she needs to do. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a world record going down, man. Uh, next, let's talk about Christian Coleman. So Christian Coleman, he goes to Tokyo and he runs a 10.09. And immediately the entire track world is thinking, oh my God, is Coleman washed up? He doesn't have it like he used to have it anymore. 
um, just being extremely reactionary. And so what is my take on that? Well, uh, I think we need to calm down because it is his first race since 2019 and he, it's not going to be, uh, we, you're not given an award for how fast you run in May. You're given an award for how fast you're going to be running at the world championships and in June, July, and August. So if he was running 10 zero nines, uh, you know, the week before the championships, then yeah, maybe you want to, maybe you might be a little pause for concern, but it's a 10 zero nine early on in the season. I mean, think of it this way. We're the reason that a lot of people are saying, Oh, this might be a concern is because nowadays athletes are opening up with 10 with nine, seven fives opening up with nine nines and nine eights and, and all of that. And so we're used to seeing athletes opening up with these very insanely fast times when in re and we're seeing this, you know, 10.67 for the women opening up and, and all of that stuff. We're, we're used to it. But it's not the reality or it's not the norm that doesn't usually happen historically. And so with Christian Coleman running a 10.09, I mean, if, if any other athlete or if Christian Coleman ran a 10.09 three years ago to open up, no one would be like, no, ma'am, this is going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem. Like, no, he's got plenty of time for the season. He's just getting started with things. He's going to be a contender when it when it matters the most. Um, so I I'm not concerned at all. So wanted to briefly talk on that let's let's cut it out let's stop acting like this is going to be the the end of the world for for him uh next kyle garland so we'll, we'll go into the the multis and just how we saw some some great multis um this weekend gonna touch on two athletes in particular men and the women's side uh carl kyle garland uh breaks the national record in the decathlon with a score of 8720 points uh, that is the the most amount of points regardless of conditions uh beating uh who was it who did he just beat um i'll flash it hopefully on the on the screen or something like that but uh he breaks the the national record uh aiden owens previously had the national record uh before as well with what was it eight thousand five hundred and twenty eight points um with all of the the things being wind legal uh in this competition he gets six overall prs he sets a pr in the 100 1500 110 meter pole vault, long jump, and javelin. So he has himself a day. And this is just making that rivalry between him and Aiden Owens being even greater. They were born on the exact same day. Uh, they both are coming from Pennsylvania. They're both in the SEC. And it's it's just overall an insanely great rivalry that I can't wait to see what's going to happen at nationals. I don't know if we're going to see each other going against uh, one another at SECs. Um, I mean, we saw Aiden Owens do SECs indoors and no, 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 no. Kyle Garland did SECs indoors and Aiden did not. He just did the, the four by four and, and all of that stuff. So, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to see them competing against each other in SECs. I kind of hope that they just wait until nationals to do it because, uh, when we saw it in the heptathlon, it was a really good competition. And I feel it's going to take yet another national record to be able to win this thing. I mean, shoot, are you going to have to run? Are you going to have to score in eight in eight eighty uh, eight thousand eight hundred points in order to win this uh, you know national championship? You might from the way that this uh, this is going going uh, every year. And so, 
they they're just pushing each other and being in the same conference makes it so much better because they see each other on uh, you know, a week to week basis, almost like the, each school, Arkansas, Georgia, they, they go hand in hand. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, seeing how this national championship is going to go about because whoever in my mind wins that national championship is a guaranteed lock to be in the Bowerman final. If Kyle Garland breaks the, or, or wins nationals, uh, then he's a lock to be in that final. Aiden Owens wins nationals. He's a lock to be in that final. I think both of them have a great argument for being in there. I mean, I came out with my Bowerman list and I have them in two and three right now. Uh, but if whichever one of them wins is a lock, no matter what. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. And I honestly have no idea who's going to win like, uh, a no one's won in indoors and I could easily see Kyle when I like, it's so tough, man. Cause decathlon, there's so many events and it's, I have, I have no idea. I have no idea who's going to win it, but I will discuss that in our national championship preview in June. So we got some time before that comes out. Uh, also Anna Hall. So Anna Hall, she ends up winning USA's as well with a score of what was it? 16 or 6,458. It is a new world lead in the heptathlon. She set four personal best in route to that in the 200, 800, 100 meter hurdles and long jump. She is the second best time in collegiate history um, behind uh, who was Jamaican of with 6,527 points. So just about 100 points shy. And uh, she's been electric. I mean, she ran a 800 after all of her events in that with, what, a 203? Uh, and so she's just showing dominance in all events and it like it like she just does not get tired <laughs> she's running and performing insane insanely over all these events i mean she performed in the 400 meter hurdles as well uh and and did really well so what i'm looking forward to is how is she going to be utilized during national championships because florida wants to now win a team title again and i'm sure anna hall also wants to that focus to be on a team title and if you just do the heptathlon you get 10 points but if you do the 400 meter hurdles high jump and long jump you have the potential to get 30 points i mean it's going to be tough beating people and you know and all those but if you spread yourself out you have an opportunity to win more win more points or do you want to go the heptathlon route where you're clearly the best in the field I don't know. She's just so good at this stuff. She has a difficult decision on what what she wants to score the most amount of points in. So uh, Anna Hall has been electric this year. I mean, the women, uh, the top three is going to be insanely difficult uh, to choose. I think if Anna Hall went, like breaks the national record in the heptathlon, I think it makes that conversation of who's going to win the Bowerman really, really hard because you're going to have Jasmine Moore, who in my mind is number one for the Bowerman. Uh, number two, I have Abby Steiner. Um, and then number three, I've got Anna Hall. And so the only thing that Anna Hall doesn't have that the other two athletes have are national records. And so in order to win that Bowerman, she's going to have to break a national record. And so if she can do that and win nationals and you've won USAs, like you've done all of this stuff, like – it's going to be hard not to not to select her, right? But those other two ladies are just so good. I don't know. It's going to be exciting who to see who's going to end up winning 
the Bowerman there. So that's going to be that's going to be a really good one to watch. Uh, up next, so this is for for a couple reasons I really want to discuss this story. So Allie Wilson of uh, Atlanta Track Club, she runs a 158.18 in the 800, which is a new world lead right now, uh, and. So this is really cool because we actually, Allie and I, we were teammates in high school. She was one grade above me. Uh, so I was able to see her progression over the years. And we competed in at similar meets in college as well because she was here in New Jersey when I was in uh, in Maryland. And so it's been amazing seeing this person that I've known since I was in, what, ninth grade. And I guess I knew of her in, in middle school. We weren't too close, but knew of her in, in middle school and, and all of that. And now seeing her go from being that, you know, person that's a star in high school that you think is like, oh yeah, you're good for a high schooler to being like, no, like you're good on the world stage legitly. So, uh, and the craziest thing about that 158 that she ran, she fell. She fell into the line. If you look at the video, uh, she actually, so a lot of people will say, oh, she dove. No, over the last like step and a half, she just falls. Luckily, her chest falls over the line because if it was just a foot short, oh man, then none, that wouldn't have counted because she was just laying there. Uh, and it might have ended up being like a 205 as you kind of crawl over the thing. But she runs a 158, falling over the line, um, low 158. So she definitely has potential to move that into a 157. And that can put you in a good position to win or to be on the USA team because you're going to get th there's three spots that you're going to be able to have. And so you're going to have that opportunity. I mean, there's obviously a thing, Mo, Raven Rogers, Ajay Wilson, um, Kate Grace, those are some other names that you're going to have to look out for here in the USA, but she's right in there. I mean, she would have had the third fastest time in the U.S. last year with this 158, um, and it's all about being able to go through the round. She was she made it to the finals in U.S. at the U.S. Championships for the Olympics, and so making it to that final, she knows what it takes to go through the round. She's done it before, and so now uh, you have that experience. Can you make it to a world championship team? You ran the world standard, so that's out of the way. That's good to go. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. To give you some ideas on what her progression has looked like, um, coming out of high school, she ran a 213. So very good athlete, but not like those, you know, you don't, you're not running a 205s and 209s, anything, anything, you know, insane like that. She ran 213 coming out of high school. Uh, her PR going into 2021 was 202. And she had ran a 205 the year before. So she came into 2021 with a 202, and she has now dropped her PR to a 158. So she has dropped four seconds in two years, which in the 800 at this level, very impressive. So has gone from you know being a, a a pretty solid pro, you know you're you're doing doing pretty good, to being a competitor in the U.S. and world stage, like. Your, your name to be reckoned with. So uh, super excited to see her growth so far. And, you know, just I, a lot of my friends from back home are, are discussing it and, and seeing how she's like a real big deal went from just being like a, Oh yeah, you're, you're awesome for the town and for the school. It's great to see you doing, doing good to like, no, like you're on the world stage. You're elite. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, we also did an interview with her uh, a little while back. Um, this was about a year and a half ago. So if you want to listen to that, uh, interview series with Allie Wilson. Go ahead. But uh, that's going to do it from us here at uh, Track World News. Next week, or you'll this Thursday, actually. So you're listening to this Tuesday. I'm actually in Puerto Rico if you're listening to this on the day 
of the po it being posted. I'm, I'm actually currently in Puerto Rico. We're on a flight there right now, depending on the time. And uh, we're going to be discussing and doing post-race interviews for the Puerto Rico Classic, the American Track League event. So uh, we're going to be on ESPN. That'll be on Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tune into that. Uh, we'll be doing post-race interviews, talking to all the all the athletes that win, uh, and doing some some press conference stuff as well. I believe on Wednesday. So uh, that's gonna do it from us here at Track World News. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.